Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your amazing host, Jared Klim. Joining me today is this creepy Kevin Kitty. Did you keep in the in the studio? We don't know where he keeps coming from, but Mark is MIA again on a Thursday, so he's back. I have told you multiple times, the restraining order has not gone through the courts yet. I can still be here. <laughs> and Mark's the one who filed. That's why he took off like a jet. Um... Yeah, Mark is unfortunately out today, and Kevin is back, of course, our good friend, our third wheel here at the corner booth, Mr. Langley. Uh, we got some big show. We got talking NBA playoffs. My boy, Tim Anderson, my new official favorite non-Diamondback. We got to talk about that as well. And NFL schedules got released yesterday. Plus, what in the God's name hell is happening in the NHL playoffs? I don't usually talk hockey, but God damn it, I'm angry about the NHL playoffs. So we're going to talk about that. So... Big first, Kev, we're talking NBA playoffs. Last night, you know, series is uh, so far, last night were pretty boring. You know, all the ones that we predicted would happen, happen. You know, so your Celtics are up 2-0, Bucks are up 2-0, and Rockets are up 2-0. And really, the games weren't close, except for the Pacers gave your Celtics a little bit of trouble at the end. They, The Pacers gave the Celtics trouble in the first half of the game one. And then yesterday, same story. Celtics ended up coming back, obviously, winning by eight. I think my most the most interesting thing to me about this series is seeing Kyrie's reaction to whenever they do well and they win. The stories, everyone is going, oh, he hates being there. He hates Tatum. He hates Horford. He doesn't want to be on the Celtics. And you can just tell by his body language on the court and how excited he is when he wins that that's not the case. I'm not saying he's going to definitely. Can I say I love, I would love to see Kyrie stay in Boston? I would. I agree I- with you. I would, I would love, love to see. Okay, if we're going to talk about. We can honestly. I have a good thing for the end of the topic. We can talk about some of the big free agents going out. And we can talk about where we'd like to see them land. All right. We can talk about that instead of we're going to. We'll do that other topic too, and and we'll do that for last call. We won't go on a, no rants today, folks. I'm actually in a very good mood. So, um, yeah. The, honestly, in the Bucks series, we knew what we were going to get with that. Giannis is the best basketball player on the planet right now, arguably Kevin uh, behind Kevin Durant. Um. He's dominating, and there's no way the Pistons can stop him. Harden and Donovan Mitchell Rosen showing up in the series for the Jazz, so you kind of get that. Go back to Tuesday's games. Raptors bounced back, and with a thud, holy mother of God, that was a punch out. 30, <laughs> a 29-point win. Uh, Nuggets bounced back like we thought they would, and the Thunder are still down 2-0 to the 0-2 to the Blazers. I don't know if Russ is going to bounce back. I really hope he does because, you know, me and Kevin both have him going pretty far. But, um, yeah, tonight's games are actually interesting. We're going to break these three down quick. So the first one is we have the 76ers and Nets. Now, what's really interesting is to me, thing is to me is that Mark got so high and mighty about the 76ers. They were playing during our podcast on Monday. And Mark was, like, rubbing my face. And I was like, oh, the 76ers are winning. They're winning. They're winning. I'm like, it's game two. Seven game also, series. congrats, Mark. They should be winning. Yeah, you're playing a team with, I think, half their guys are my age or younger against, like, you know, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Oh, and the biggest bully who was honestly all talk and no bite, Jimmy Butler. And then um, that uh, Harris guy. <laughs> hey, don't forget Boban. 
Yeah, Kevin's boy. Um, in this series, honestly, I still, I still the Nets winning in six. I just, I don't see. I see the team chemistry starting to disintegrate. I, uh, well, this is the game that's going to tell. Because either we're going to see the Nets really come out firing, and D'Angelo Russell is only shooting about forty-three percent in the in the in the series so far. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Actually, you know, that's for the season. Wow, I misread that. But um, I want to see if we get the D'Angelo Russell we thought we were going to get a lot in, like, you know, have an actual, like, to see if the team kind of molds around. Because it's not like the, the Sixers are not unbeatable. And they clearly showed that in game one because the Nets just came out firing. And they were more excited and more explosive. And the, the Sixers just looked lost. And then game two, you kind of... It just looked very kind of all over the place. The Nets just didn't look like they had it. I think the Sixers were just pissed off in game two and just beat the the doors off them. So I, I think looking at the score, it shows that the Sixers are still beatable, even though they won. They gave up 123 points. They're they're not a bad offensive team, but that still you can't. I mean, in the third quarter, like 45. I mean, the game was close at halftime, but then the Sixers just literally came out in the third quarter and just blew the doors off them. They dropped 51 points in a quarter. That's insane. But um, honestly, if I was going to I, – I, like I'm saying, I'm not seeing anything that's making me terribly afraid of – it's not like what we watched with – I'm more afraid for the Thunder's lives than they are than I am for the Nets. So that's all I'm gonna say right there. Yeah, I have no disagreements with that. Exactly. Honestly, it's like it, me and Kevin tend to be very um on the same page about basketball, except when it involves the Celtics. Um, next up, Nuggets Spurs. I I don't know what to make of this series because the last game. The first game was crazy. We literally watched the Spurs beat the Nuggets, and there's a big scoring output from DeMar DeRozan, um, and some guy who I – oh, Danny White, who has 16 points. Like, the problem with the Spurs, they don't have, like, a singular guy who drops 20 points. They have Rudy Gay coming off the bench, who I completely forgot played for them for the longest time. My boy Lonnie Walker from the U, who can jump out of the freaking building. Um – in Aldridge as well. So, like, it's not like a crazy loaded roster. They're just solid players, and you have one of the greatest coaches of all time in Pop. So this game, this series is going to go seven. I honestly don't know who's going to win this series now because, like I said, this is one of those deciding games where we're looking at is this experience of the the um, the, the Spurs going to show while the Nuggets' youth is going to kind of be their downfall going forward because they're like, oh, crap, now we actually have to – these guys are in it. We can't. We're not just gonna sweep over them like we thought we were because we're the two seed. So it's gonna be very interesting to see how either team responds. Because I'm looking at the Nuggets when they won last night. They only won. They won by nine. It wasn't like they had a huge win. I mean, Jamal Murray had a big quarter, and it's just, I'm, mm, nothing really jumps out off the page to me. I guess I don't. know. I just like. You know, Millsap had 20, Jokic had 20, Murray had 20, Harris had 20. Like, there's their starters, except for Will Barton, had literally almost all their points, except for Marcus Morris, Kenneth Evans. I completely forgot Mike Beasley was on the on the Nuggets. 
But yeah, so I, I I'm just saying it's not like there are two teams that are built completely differently. I guess is the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. No, I think I agree with you. Except the thing about Marcus Morris because. He was busy beating the Pacers. He couldn't make it to that game. Okay, Marquise Morris. Morris sorry. Monte it's Morris M. Morris in the box score, okay? I did not he watch the game. Marquise, you got Marcus, who are bros. They got Monte. Monte plays for the Nuggets. Monte, okay. I don't think they're related, but... <clears throat> no, I, I agree with you. I think it's if it goes to seven, it's going to be a coin flip. I also think whatever team wins tonight is going to end up winning the series. Isn't the winner of Game 3, like, 95? Is, is that the NBA? It's like the winner of Game 3 is, like, 95% usually, like, going to win the series? I don't know if it's 95, but it's absurdly high. <laughs> yeah, I remember because they were talking about it in the herd last year when, like, like LeBron and the uh, the Cavs were on 0-2 and, like, LeBron dropped, like, 50 in Game or, like, whatever his absurd stat line was in Game 3 and they won. It might have been two years ago when they lost. I can't remember. It was, it was either last year or the year before. And they're like, oh, there's a shot because the winner of game three is like 90%. I'm like, oh, God, they're still going to get their asses kicked. But, um, yeah, and then last but not least, we got uh, Warriors Clippers. Now, this is interesting because the Clippers-Warriors thing happened the night of our podcast. So I didn't have a chance to talk about it. We have to talk about the fact that the Warriors blew a, what was it, 34-point lead? 31. 31. We also talk about the fact that Boogie's leg went complete. So, <laughs> I am a little, I'm not saying the, the war. let's let's get it, not get it twisted. All hell will freeze over, but I don't think the, Warrior, the Warriors will lose the series, but I think it's going to be a six-gamer. Because I think the, the, the Clippers are going to get one at home in the Staples Center. I just think they will. I don't know if it's going to be tonight. It might be tomorrow. I mean, I mean, uh, oh, fuck. It might be Sunday or whenever they're playing. Saturday, sorry. But it may be Saturday or Sunday, whenever they play this weekend. That might be the game they steal. And we're looking at a six-game series. And now the Warriors are even more worn out. So both of our theories about the Rockets, who are on their way to sweeping the Jazz, taking on the Warriors, and then the Warriors getting the crappy at them. We didn't think this was going to happen, though. And it showed that the Warriors are not invulnerable. Patrick Beverly is in Kevin Durant's, like, he's in his, all up in his business. I can't remember. Oh, God, I can't remember. I can't remember. He stole, I, there's a whole funny line. I can't remember. But, yeah, he's, like, literally in his grill the entire game, and, it's, and he's in his head, and it's great to watch. Uh, I think we disagree on this. I predicted the Warriors would take off a game. and Take off the game, up. Kevin. They blew a lead. It wasn't like yeah. they just played like crap. They were up 31, took their foot off the gas, and then couldn't get it back on. I think it's smooth sailing the rest of the series. All right. So you're saying it's going to be a 4-1 series. I think the, the Clippers will steal one more game. I think it's just going to five. Clipper, uh, not Clippers. Warriors will finish them off. All right, want to make a wager on this? How many? I've been on this podcast what three times now. We made a wager. What was our last one? Um. Oh, what was it? Was it about the Celtics making it to the finals? Yeah, I think it was something like it's absurd. Or no, it was, it was something crazy. I don't remember, but um, no, it was something about football or something. I said we'll the tape. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll, we'll go back, but. This one is the 
if the Celtic, if the, the Warriors lose another game, you owe me on first beer when I come to rent them. If the Warriors win a five, I pay for your first beer when I go up to right. them. That's fair fine. enough. That's fair. Good stuff. Alrighty. So all those games are tonight. Looking forward to the weekend. We also have a couple other matchups. So Friday, Raptors match game three. I don't see the Raptors losing again. I really think game one was legitimately the Raptors were half asleep in the magic. Had so much hype because they're like, oh, my God, we're in the playoffs. I think Raptors take that one. Celtics Pacers, I don't think the Pacers are going to really – I think the Pacers might get one here, or it might be game four. They might sneak off a win and save off elimination. I have the Thunder beating the Blazers. I have a weird feeling that Russ, with three days off, is going to be so – pissed off about this that he's going to come off like a, a bad a hell and I actually might have a good game him and PG I'm not sure so I, I don't know I think Dave also got a lo- away with a lot of wide open shots I think Billy Donovan is going to want the guys going back to the tape I have the I have the Thunder winning that one what do you think I think I agree with you for the most part other than the Thunder Blazers game I you think you think it's going for a sweep I don't think it's going for a sweep but I think it. I think the Trailblazers are going to win it because I think Game Three is probably going to Portland because, <clears throat> like you said, Westbrook's going to be pissed off. He's going to come out firing on all cylinders. When Westbrook's firing on all cylinders, sometimes he has a tendency to start taking threes. The Thunder do not want Russell Westbrook taking threes. He's that's what if if he wants to like up his game, he really needs to focus. He him and Ben Simmons need to go like a. A Reggie Miller three-point shooting in camp or something in the offseason. I think Westbrook's a little better at shooting threes than that, but yeah, he Westbrook can't really hit a three to save his life. And when he does, he, he'll have a decent percentage one game, but he took like two and made one of them. So I think I think he's going to come out shooting threes, chucking them up, trying to get points on the board, help his team out however he can. That's not helping the team. And also, if they're that pissed off and Billy Donovan's like, guys, we need to close out Dame when he's shooting, I, there's a concern that that will then lead to fouls. and Or then lead to C.J. McCollum having a lot of open threes. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, so I, I, I see your point. All I'm saying is don't discount the fact that the Thunder have been here before. Yeah. Oh, I just got a notification on my phone. Joel Embiid is out for game three. Oh, shit. Brooklyn by 30. That's the one thing I have for the Sixers, is that they have the length to beat, um, what's it called? They have the length to beat the Nets. But the thing is, without Embiid, now you're looking at, who's their backup center? It's the it's the big dude, right? The 7'6 guy? Boban. Yeah, Boban. So is he going to play the entire day? Is he going to get, like, 36 minutes now because, like, no Embiid, or are they going to have to do a rotation? Because this is this is a big deal now. I think they're going to have to do a rotation. Let's look at their depth chart real quick. See who they got. Whoa, Kevin Langley coming in hot with the breaking news on Embiid being out for Game 3. Yeah, per, per Shams. Sham, who's Shams? Shams Charania. Or however you pronounce the last name. Who the hell is that? 
He's the guy besides Woj who breaks news. Um, oh, okay. Johnson and Greg Monroe. Okay, so. so they have, like, bigs, but they're, like, smaller bigs. Greg Monroe is a true center. Amir Johnson's more of a power forward who now Yeah, I remember Amir game. Johnson he was like on the, uh, when he was on the uh, Raptors and Celtics. Yeah. So. That's in- All right, so there we go. We got that going. All right. So now, folks, this is going to be a playoffs. Next up. So I don't know if you guys watch this. I, I know it's early in the baseball season, and, you know, for your entertainment, you could always watch me and Jack O'Hara, my boy over at uh, 5050 Booking in the O Show. Uh, me and him will have our constant arguing sessions about, um, you know, he thinks the Diamondbacks will lose 90-plus games, possibly have the worst record in baseball. I think they're going to have 80-plus and possibly a play- be a playoff contender. After uh, sweeping the Braves today, my theory looks a lot better than his. But I digress. It's baseball season. I'm happy. I love baseball. It just it just is a nice feel to have when there's always a game on every literally night. Literally less than one percent of games. What? It's literally less than one percent of games. Calm down. Oh, what the three three game sweep? I'm just busting Jack's balls because I know he listens, and oh, I I'm honestly sorry, just said that. That's about two percent. It one sweep doesn't matter. All right, all right, shut up. If you guys swept the Yankees, you would literally be doing cartwheels down the freaking staircase. I mean, probably, but they're rivals. But the Braves have one of the best lineups in baseball. So, honestly, our pitching staff only giving up, like, a grand total of, like, seven runs. or, or Actually, no, six. I don't know. I'm actually going to get clarification on this. But anyway, so if you guys haven't really watched the big ticket series of the White Sox versus the uh, Royals – you're missing Must out. Must watch baseball. Big, what? Must watch baseball. Must watch baseball. This is like watching uh, last year's Jaguars versus last year's uh, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, Must watch football. There you go. <laughs> so, Tim Anderson, young uh, younger player for the um, Chicago White Sox, hits a moonshot off of a Royals pitcher. Does probably one of the greatest bat flips I have ever seen, barring, you know, Jose Batista, Yasiel Puig, et cetera, et cetera, or those kids from South Korea who literally make it like their job to do it. And the next at bat, Brad Keller, a pitcher for the Royals, beans him in the back or hip area. I don't know. It's, it's hard, he's turning in uh, whatever. Starts a huge brawl. Six players. I think six players were rejected. I can't even remember the number right now. But it sparks a debate. One, Kevin, two questions. One, Brad, uh, are you for or against bat flips? And whose side are you on in this, the pitcher or uh, Tim Anderson? Tim Anderson. All righty. You just jacked a home run, and you're trying to get your team going? Flip that bat. Like hitting it's, a home it's, run it's, is one of like the hardest a... things to do in sports. You're gonna celebrate. If the pitcher's gonna have a problem with it, how about this? Don't throw it down the pipe. And, and honestly, here's the other thing. It wasn't even like it was a a bleeder just swing on. He hit this thing about 12 rows back. It wasn't even like it was a no. It was a no doubter. And he like leaned back. Looked over and flipped the bat. I'm like, you know, that's just – you're right. 
when these guys flip a bat, it gets the team home up. It's like doing a touchdown celebration on a breakaway run or something like that, or doing like an emphatic dunk on a fast break. It does. It's great stuff. It's it it adds a little flair to you scoring a run, and it also kind of boils down to the fact that this is all about that make baseball fun again or don't make it fun again or play by the rules, the unofficial unwritten rules argument. And I'm for Tim Anderson. I said before the show, he's like one of my unofficial like players I root for now because I love the bat flips. I love the the toss. And we're going to remember this guy's name now literally because of this whole incident. But I love seeing this. Like, do flip your bats. You know what? If, if, hey, like you said, Kevin – if there is, if you don't want like the dude flipping a bat, don't hang a meatball in the center of the plate and watch a White Sox guy blast it over over the left center field fence. It's as simple as that. It's it's this unwritten rule bullshit. It drives me crazy. Like, okay, you don't want to get like a, a freaking what's it called home run trot given up, or you don't want like runs going in. You want the bat flip, whatever. Don't hang a fastball over the middle. It's why like this whole argument of these pitchers throwing it's unwritten rules. It doesn't. Makes sense. I have no sympathy for you. You threw a shit pitch and he blasted it. That is his right to make you look like a fool because you made a full move. I, that's what I got for this. I, I, I I'm not. I, I I'm, there's things. no way to argue for the other side. I have two points. One, I hate that unwritten rules bullshit. You know what happens when you follow unwritten rules that were thought of a hundred years ago, like there was baseball. You got left by the wayside. Baseball is not as popular as it once was. It's no longer the most popular sport by a mile. So it's let them flip their bats. Let them do what they – let them flip their bats. Let them celebrate home runs. So That's it's not just like us baseball exciting. purists. Like, I'm not a baseball purist by any stretch, but I grew up loving baseball. Some of my ba- best memories of baseball from, like, college, high school. One of them, is that Joel, is that Jose Batista home run? That call – that home run, that insane bat flip, I don't think the ball bat came down. And they pegged him the next year. That's drama. I love that. But the thing is, like, everyone's like, oh, like, oh, this unwritten rule bullshit needs to stop. Like, I, bat flipping needs to happen. And the fact that the MLB now on social media is emphasizing how they love these bat flips, good. I love it. Good for the MLB for doing this. Now, if they can hook me up with, like, the single team extra innings, like I watch my D-backs every night, I'd be very happy. But you know what? Like, this is, like, it's great to see even, the like, the, the league itself is starting to be, get behind this bat flipping and this whole, like, big baseball fun kind of thing. And now it's time for all these good old boys who, like, will throw at the guy who just hit a dinger off him to get off their fucking high horse. I'm sorry. I'm sick of this crap. It's stupid. Cole Hamels, I love when Bryce Harper hit a rocket off him. It was great. I don't have a problem with beating him the next time he's up either. Oh, yeah, but just like— Jose Batista a year later is a little extreme, but— Oh, yeah. That guy just showed you up, boasted about it, and if you want a little retaliation, fine. In football, some guy's celebrating from the 20-yard line on a breakaway run, just basically stops running, starts jogging. Next time he's running the ball, you're going to light him up if you have the shot. I have zero issue with either player in this instance. He didn't throw at his head. He threw it at his back. That's fine. It's showing you, hey, buddy, you're on my radar, but it's not a a major player safety issue. 
I, it's just I, as long as they're not like I, I actually completely agree with that. I got nothing else to throw at that point. Point hits it on the nose. So I don't know. In summary, I'm for the bat flip. The bat flip makes sense. Bat flip's more fun for baseball. If you want to peg them, aim for the head, or oh, throw behind them. It's even more fun because you know it doesn't hurt anybody, and then it automatically clears the benches. So. Yeah. It's like hockey, but there's no pads. I was going to say, and they're why not do Canadian, people love hockey? The fights. There we go. All right. NFL schedule got released Wednesday. You know, everyone's talking about the big games they're watching, and we could talk about that. I mean, we could talk about how, like, the openers, we got, like, oh, fuck, we got um, Atlanta, we got Minnesota. Week one, we have uh, Pittsburgh taking on New England, and New England's going to beat the brakes off them. Now they got Demarius Thomas, by the way. We didn't mention that in the rundown. I mean, what's on tap? But because this is essentially the beer tap menu, we've kind of just been rolling through it. Uh, but also, you know, we've got Green Bay and Chicago opening up this year. And I'm kind of excited. The Jaguars, too. The Jaguars, yeah, exactly. The Jaguars taking on Kansas City, which should be interesting because we got like. We got Mahomes taking on Falls. I want to see what Nicky. I want to see what Big Dig Nick does without Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz and Dougie P. Like I want to see if this dude actually is like as advertised, or it was a lot of the Philadelphia cooking that made him so special. So it's gonna be interesting. I want to see how Deshaun Jackson comes out, and they get a nice warm-up tune-up game against uh, against the Redskins before they play the uh, Nat the um, Falcons. I Personally, think I think Case Keenum may break the re- interception record this year. So there's a lot of games. So, but Kevin, I have a question for you. All right. What is the what are the three games on your team, the New England Patriots schedule that you're looking forward to watching? Ooh, three. You're you're not gonna like this because the Eagles game is staying out of my three. That's fine. You're in denial because so, you know they're gonna lose. Week week eight, Browns Pats in wing in Foxborough. I want to see what this Browns offense can do. Okay. I want to see how the Patriots can stack up against it. I think it'll be a good game. I think it it'll either be high scoring or one of the teams are gonna get blown out. It's one of the two. I think it'll be close or a blowout. Fair enough. Which is the only two ways a game can go, really. But especially New England. But and then number two, you kind of gave me some shit for this. Pats Ravens in Baltimore. The Ravens always play the Patriots hard, especially their defense. They match up very well defensively. I want to see Lamar Jackson's progress in his second year, and I think it will be a good measuring stick to see kind of how the Patriots are going to do come playoff time. And then finally. Uh, week fifth, fourteen. It's Chiefs Pats rematch of the AFC Championship game. I think it's going to be really interesting to see. It's going to be exciting. I expect a similar game, high scoring. Hopefully, no overtime drama this time, but you never know. I also I hate the Chiefs. Not really. I don't really hate them that much, but I love Patrick Mahomes. I love what that kid does on the field, and I'm excited to watch it some more. I'm just noticing the Patriots have a couple of tough games in their schedule. It's not like they have a lot of cupcakes like they had last year. It's very, 
you know, you got Philly, you got uh, Cleveland, Baltimore, um, Houston, Kansas City. Like, you have a lot of games that it's like, oh, okay, New England's got some uh, some beef in their schedule this year. Apparently, they have the easiest schedule, and Deadspin was like, oh, well, everyone else lost, but the Patriots won the schedule making. Shut up. I didn't even know Deadspin. I thought Deadspin declared bankruptcy. They're still relevant? Apparently. I don't know. They shouldn't even talk in sports, period. All right. For my Eagles, there are three games I'm looking forward to. One, of course, it's Dallas Cowboys week seven in Dallas. Um, I think Philadelphia last year got hosed twice in the final seconds. Um, Wentz gets that ball off before Lawrence hits him to touchdown because Dallas on Jeffrey is wide open in the back of the end zone. And then you also have the interception that should have been caught by Russell Douglas that would have probably led to an Eagles field goal and a win. So it was two very close games for Philly and Dallas. They always played each other tight. Um, last year was just that year we knew – I knew from like week six, I'm like, yeah, Philly's done. They're not winning the Super Bowl this year. They're going to make the playoffs, but it's going to be one of those like fallback years because just they need to put some new pieces in. And uh, they got the pieces that they needed. But uh, next up is, of course, your Patriots, and that is week 11. Me, Kevin, and Mike, me, Kevin and Mark may be going to this game in Philly. I'm not protecting Kevin if he gets into a fight, though, because I, I'm going to warn him right now. He might want to wear just, like, straight black and have his Patriots hat, like, hidden underneath his jacket. I'm five foot six, like a buck 55, a buck 60 most. You think I'm trying to start off? Fight at the link? I don't want to die. I know. Well, it's so funny because him and Mark are both around the 5'8", five, 5'6", five, range, and then there's me cracking six foot and about 230, towering over both of them. So you're going to protect me, right? Uh, I guess. It depends how much beer you put in my system. Well, if I put enough beer in your system, then you'll be the one throwing punches at me. <laughs> nah, that's only, my, that's only when my cousin starts talking shit. Um... Then finally, Philadelphia Eagles for the fourth fucking year in a row are going to Seattle to play, and I'm uh, I, I get so annoyed. I I guess like they just never can play at home against the Seahawks, but I want to see if the Seahawks actually have some legitimate weapons. Cause I mean, oh no, actually I'm gonna take that back. Home against Chicago. Ooh, the Bears. Ah, double doink. A.K.A. the one moment where I had a fucking heart attack in a bar. <laughs> I'm sitting at my sister's place, of, former place of employment, at the bar with four guys I went to high school with who were all rooting for the Bears because they're all Giants and Patriots fans. And I'm sitting there like, for the love of all things holy, missed this kick. And doink, doink, yes. And I'm like, holy shit, he missed it. And then we got beat by the Saints. I almost wish the NFL schedule makers had put the Saints on our schedule at home in Philly because I feel like Alvin Kamara would have gotten like his nose ring ripped out and curb stomped if he walked into the wrong place in Philadelphia. That dude is hated there. But those are my three. Philly actually got a pretty decent, a pretty like average schedule being in second place last year. I mean, Washington's winnable. The only game that I really like – at Seattle, after playing New England at home, I think Philly's going to lose that one. Um, they're probably going to lose the last game, the, the Giants, Week 17, because they'll probably be sitting their starters. Wink, wink. Um, 
also, maybe if the Giants win that game, then they won't get the first overall pick. There They'll you go. go. Two and fourteen. Um, I don't see them losing the Bears. They might split. They might split with the uh, Dallas, and I could see them losing to Green Bay at home. But it's early in the year. It's week four, so they're in Green Bay when it's still like fifty degrees out. I don't know. The thing is, with the Eagles this year, they have all the things they were missing from last year. All the things they missed last year from the, the Super Bowl run, but better. Like I. Like I, I would consider Jay Ajayi not. I would consider Jordan Howard better than Jay Ajayi, and I would consider Deshaun Jackson better than Torrey Smith, and I would consider Dallas Goddard better than Trey Burton. So I'm so excited to see Djax back in that. Oh my god, dude! Okay, okay. Imagine if first play in the link, once play action ball just bombs one to Jackson. I don't even like the Eagles, and I know he got hosed by Chip Kelly, and I'm just oh my god, I love the fact that they brought him back. He's friends with Meek Mill. That doesn't mean he has gang ties. It means he's friends with a rapper. Robert Kraft's friends with Meek Mill. Exactly. Worst thing that that guy's ever done is getting a handy at a massage parlor. Yeah, according uh, now apparently that whole investigation is being suspended by the judge. So your boy Robbie is uh, getting off easy. He got off easy in the massage parlor. That was the joke, man. You missed it. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. You're bad if, joke, man. Yeah, but if um, I know you are. But if uh, Philly, you know, it's gonna be at home. Wentz, I could still see it. Play action ball to Howard. Wentz five step drop. Jack single safety over the top, and and Jackson just goes flying down the sideline. I could see that happening. So uh, yeah, I'm excited for the season, man. It's gonna be a lot. There are a lot of games week one. Um, uh, you think before, you, oh, go on. Oh, uh, you got what do you gotta say? Before we go any further, I just want to point out or bring up that uh, the prosecutors in that case said they're going to release the video. Oh God, and no! I don't think our eyes need to see that. So if they just, I don't think anybody's eyes need to see it. that. I'll just take their word for it that it happened. I'm actually all aboard the prosecutor's side now. If they don't release that video. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. No, I don't want to see an old man getting handy, okay? Like, shit. Oh, God. That's terrible. All right. Kevin, NHL playoffs. I've barely been following because my Penguins got swept. But holy crap, this, the lightning got knocked out. The fuck is going on out here? I have no idea what's going on. The Lightning put together one of the best seasons in NHL history, swept by the Blue Jackets. Shout it's out to not, Buffalo Wild Wings home, Columbus. It's not like it's this is a team who just, they were missing one of their star players for most of the year, and then they got back right before the playoffs, and that then they put it together. That would be one thing. It's the Blue Jackets. Now, the Blue Jackets have a solid squad, obviously. They swept the Lightning, but... I don't know what's going on. And then the Penguins getting swept to by the Islanders after Tavares left. If Tavares was still on the team, I I wouldn't expect a sweep. But I, I mean, okay, I that makes sense. Thing. Like it wasn't even like the games were close. It was like three one here, like two one. It wasn't even like there were like one score games. Like <laughs> I'm not surprised that Pittsburgh lost that series. I'm surprised that was to the Islanders, but I, I didn't expect Pittsburgh to win this year. They got so they, blown up. They, they got beaten by at least two goals in the last three games. The first yeah. game was close. Even, like, even before that, like the 
Pittsburgh had a down year relatively for what they can usually do. Yeah, they snuck playoffs at the end. They kind of yeah. Philadelphia this year for football. They're just like barely snuck in by the like the like the like the edge of their fucking teeth. Like I don't know what to tell you. It was just a bad year for them. And I'm looking at the scores. Yeah, Lightning gets swept by Columbus. What was Columbus' seed? The whatever they were the second wild card team. Exactly. Holy shit. And then you've got, I mean, when, uh, what is it? The, the Blues and the Jets are tied up still. The Sharks are about to knock, uh, get knocked out by the Golden Knights. Bruins and Maple Leafs, honestly, is a good series, though, too, too easily. Drake uh, Curse, though, is coming up. Oh, there we go. Uh, Predators and Stars is a good series, too, but the Stars are coming back. See, Stars the, blew out the Preds last night. I know, 5-1. Uh, I'm actually a low-key Preds fan when because their their mascot is the Sabres Tiger, so duh. But um, I became a Preds fan kind of as being in school in the South. They're the closest hockey team. And also, when I dated a girl who went to school in Nashville, I just kind of was like, oh, I'll root for the Preds. And that's the one thing from our relationship that I still hold on to. <laughs> Go Preds. Go Preds. All right, so now I'm rooting for the Preds for the rest of the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, no, like, in the, the Avalanche, uh, about 3-1 over Calgary. Shout out to our boy Peter living up there. Um, but right now you got the Capitals losing to the Hurricanes, and Washington's leading 2-1. You got Blues and Jets tonight, and Knights and Knights going for the sweep. Knights going for the series win up 3-1 over the Sharks tonight. I am, like, blown away by these playoffs. Like, I'm just like, huh? I mean, if Carolina wins tonight, you got an even series going into game five. And I'm not so sure the Capitals are going to catch it. Because, like, last year may have been that fluke year. Like, Caps year, when, like, uh, PFT was talking about it with uh, Nate at Barstool. They were like, Caps year. I'm like, only year. Because I feel like the Caps were like a one-and-done kind of thing now. I I think that – I don't think – this year I think the Caps are going to get out of this series – I think they're they're too good. They have Ovi. Yeah, well, he's we he him he's he's arguably one A or one B best player on the planet. So yeah, I think I still think conference finals going to be Bruins Caps. Oh God, I I would just root for like a cancellation. Um, you would just root for an an asteroid to come in and just take out the Earth. Exactly. Um, I I despise both teams. Uh, the only thing that would be worse would be Caps Rangers. Um. Big Caps guy. Oh, fuck the Caps. Fuck the Bruins. Fuck the Rangers. Um, I, I or Phil or Flyers too. The only Philly team I despise. Um, yeah. So that's about it for NHL playoffs. So Kevin, we got uh two two things coming up right now. First off, we have so you got a tweet. Our boy Zach Mac tweet out something today. What you got for me? Um, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Not Zach Mac. Also, I'm in a tornado watch right now, and insert the I'm in danger meme, because I'm seeing lightning and hearing thunder, and it's just, I'm more scared of this thunder than Portland is of the Oklahoma City thunder. But anyway, sorry. Jesus. Side note. So, Matt Duquesne, Duchesne, I don't know, a Blue Jackets player, a video came, was released of him singing a song to his daughter while playing guitar. And Zach Mac tweeted, used to hate this guy. Funny how things change. They got me thinking, like, who's a player you used to hate that you now love? Uh, for me, it's Zach Granke. 
Um, as you guys know, I'm a very diehard rabid Diamondbacks fan. Since that sucks never... for you. Yeah, actually, I mean, come on, we've been pretty consistent. We have a World Series title. Things could be worse. What, um, 17 years ago? Shh. Um, honestly, you know what's so funny is the Do- the Dodgers like the Dodgers to us are like what any NL East team has as the Yankees. Like AL East. Yeah, AL East team. Whatever like we we like the Diamondbacks hatred of the Dodgers as a Diamondbacks fan, we hate the Dodgers as much as you guys hate the Yankees. And it may not seem that way to you guys, like oh there's no way you can hate them as much as we do. Imagine having a team in your division who has endless amounts of cash, wears these annoying ass blue jerseys, has horrible fans that jump fans in their parking lot, and Chokes the playoffs every year, but everyone still thinks they're the darlings of the sport. Sound familiar? Yeah. But we're this little team wearing red who plays out in a ballpark that's pretty nice looking. Seems to always have their number in the regular season when it matters, when they need to clinch a key game or whatever. So to us, the Diamond, the Dodgers, and Diamondbacks have gotten in so many bench clearing brawls. They jumped in our pool once. Um, one of our pitchers threw a Clayton Kershaw's head. Granky almost got socked a couple times. So did Kershaw. Kershaw would bark from the bench. I, by the way, I fucking hate Clayton Kershaw. If there was any baseball player I would love to see just get absolutely blasted at home plate by a, a charging player, it'd be him. But Zach Granky used to be on that list. And then my Diamondback signed him three years ago to a monster deal. And honestly, besides his first year, has been a good pitcher for us. So... He's our ace, and I actually do respect and like him as a player and as a person. I know he's a weird motherfucker. I've actually met a guy from the LA Times who told me, Kevin Baxter, Dodgers beat writer, by the way, shout out. Um, he literally told me to my face when I was working a uh, NCAA basketball tournament. He was covering UCLA, and I was working at uh, the Harbor Yard. He literally told me, word for word, Zach Granke is the weirdest dude I've ever had to cover. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, Granke literally will not talk to the media until after he's done pitching. And you, he will not allow anybody to come near his locker. He does not talk to you on game day. He will not talk to you all week. He's very weird. He's very, like, um, he's very, like, um, routine-oriented. He's not, he likes things a certain way. He's very, he's very, like, a certain type of person. But, you know, also... Pitchers who rake. The dude hit two dingers in a game. Like, come on, let's go. So, I, I, I Zach Ranky's my pick. Okay, I'm gonna. Speaking of the NHL playoffs, I'm gonna bring it over to the Nashville Predators. PK Subban. I love Subban. I hated him for the longest time because he was on um, the Canadians. Yep. Good old Montreal. Fuck those guys. A join France if you love him so much. Um, I hated him just being on Montreal. All those, all the shenanigans he got into, like his character and all that. I not his character just was like he kind of is a character. I hated that about him. I still remember vividly in my mind a playoff game or it might have been a regular season game. He was in the box and the penalty um, penalty time was winding down. Bruins turned it over at the end of their power play. Subban comes out of the box. They flip it up to him. Walks in on net scores. That still 
is vividly in my mind, and I've hated him his whole career. Then, that trade that was actually a horrible trade for Montreal, so I love that too. <laughs> Got traded to Nashville. I love Nashville. I love the city. Been there a few times. And I just, after that, after the Bruins weren't playing him all the time, after he wasn't on team I hated, I just loved the character that he was. He's a funny guy. He seems like a good guy. Also, he loves Boston, apparently. He was like, he walked around Boston, went to Faneuil Hall and stuff with his girlfriend, I think, think Lindsey Vaughn. Love the guy now. And if I will go to bat for him any day of the week, I don't care. The things about him being a locker room distraction, even when he was in Montreal, I love him. I love him to death. He's my favorite non-Bruins NHL player. He is dating Lindsey Vaughn, by the way. Good clarification. I just looked it up to make sure. Thank but, you. yeah, no, that's an interesting story, and I, I actually kind of, I do love the National Predators, too. It's, it's weird how, like, you know, like, a guy will change. I Like, imagine if DeMarco Murray didn't completely suck for the Eagles. I would have said that, because I did like him for actually a season. I was rooting for him to get a lot of carries, and then he, like, was like, yeah, I didn't like you playing here. I'm like, well, F you, bro. You had one good run for us. It, it was the reverse for you. You loved him and then hated him. Oh no, I hated him when he was on the hated him when he was on the Cowboys. So it's like I hated him, then liked him, then hated him again. Yeah. Actually, I didn't really mind him in Tennessee. He got me some good fantasy points. Um, I hated him in Tennessee. Well, I know you do because they're the micro Patriots. No, it's not why. I don't have an issue with Tennessee. I hated the fact that they kept feeding him carries in during Derrick Henry's rookie year, when Derrick Henry was the better running back, had more promise going forward. They should have been feeding Derrick Henry. Well, now Derrick Henry may be considered a top 10 running back, so there you go. Derrick Henry, you realize, like, Derrick Henry's my boy. Like, honestly, when Phil, when there was a deadline and there was rumors they were going to try to deal him before he went on that crazy tear, like, I was like, Philly, for the love of Christ, Derrick Henry in an Eagles uniform will be the most terrifying thing on the planet. Love Derrick Henry. Oh, that, my freshman year, oh, it takes me back. That was incredible. Oh, I don't go on a reminiscence. Don't think a fun up, go away. That was incredible. I'm about to mute your mic right now. All right, I'm done. All right, what was that other one you had for us? You had one more topic. Um, I don't think so. You had another one. I can't remember it now. This is actually going to be a short episode. Well, kind of short episode for us. Yeah, 46 minutes. It's still going to be easier to upload. We'll send him the snippet to Mark for him to edit to him do that. It'll be I easy. Don't know. Anything right. else you want to talk about then? That's about it. Pretty short episode today, folks. Thank you for Kev. Thank you, Kevin, for coming on and helping us out today. It's kind of a slow news day. By the way, me and Mark's uh, mock draft drops Monday. We will do a draft special most likely Wednesday. I, I unfortunately it, it'll be Mark. Kevin will not be here for that, but it'll be fun. Kevin will of course probably comment as well. Uh. That's about it for us today. Pray for Kevin and his tornado watch. And uh, we will talk to you guys Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Have a good one. This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.